Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori. And for our first show, today on the show, I want to talk about evolution and its impact historically on, well, specifically the United States. So one of the things we've been looking at here is really the dynamic of uh, creation and evolution that we'll be talking about in the first few episodes that we will be conducting. And just for the viewers, just to get to know each other real quick, again, my name is Cody Mori. I am a member of Truth Triumphant. That is a ministry down in Florida. And we talk about many things. We talk about, specifically on this show, we're going to be talking about history. We're going to be talking about prophecy, Christian principles and ideals from the Bible, as well as science and really how those things encompass and are related to each other. It's going to be very, uh, current events included, it's going to be very widespread this show. Uh, but again, today today for our first show, I wanted to talk to you guys about really science in general in the United States and sort of where it's moved. I myself am a Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, unapologetically Seventh-day Adventist. That means that I keep the Sabbath, which is the seventh day, according to the Ten Commandments. And, and as I read that, the seventh day, and I turn and I look at my calendar, the seventh day would be Saturday, not Sunday. Um, and also Adventist, that means I'm, I'm waiting for the second coming of Christ, so looking for Christ. A little bit about myself, I was in the Marine Corps for about five years, Marine Corps Infantry, 0313 LAV Crewman, uh, so I'm a patriot. I worked for this country, I, I served this country, I worked for the United States, and I struggled with alcohol really before, during, and after the military, and eventually, long story short, gave my life to Christ. So, so that's honestly where I'm coming from. That's the angle that I'm coming from. So ever since then, I, I've been just looking into more and more history, more and more as uh, the Bible relates specifically Daniel and Revelation and other things like that. And it had led me to the Seventh-day Adventist faith. Um, but before we get too far down, this show is not meant to be my testimony, but just so you guys know who I am, we want to talk about science, specifically evolution. Now, in the 1950s, President Eisenhower, after Sputnik from the Russians was launched into space, the really the mainstream cry was that America was falling behind. And one of the reasons they said they were falling behind is because they're not teaching enough evolution. So what President Eisenhower did is he lobbied Congress uh, for a billion dollars, and he got it. He got it to teach more evolution in the public schools. Okay, so he started teaching. We started teaching more evolution as a nation in the public schools right around 1958. I have an article here from LiveScience.com on creation versus evolution, six big battles by Stephanie Pappas. 
uh, February 5th, 2014. And she states this. The teaching of evolution versus creationism was spotty until 1958. The Soviet Union had launched the Sputnik satellite and the United States was facing a shortage of mathematicians. Fearing that the Soviet Union was beating the United States in science literacy, President Dwight D. Eisenhower and Congress passed the National Defense Education Act. Okay, that's the National Defense Education Act. A funding bill designed to improve science education. The teaching of evolution got a shot in the arm from the new textbooks uh, authored by scientists made possible by the act. So the textbooks were previously, they were very heavy creation. Now in 1958 became very heavy evolution. And as we've seen now, they, they, don't, even, they don't even teach creation anymore in the public schools. Uh, as we saw this progress, it didn't take long. In 1958 to 1962, you had a Supreme Court ruling, an Engel versus Vital, which banned voluntary prayer, mind you, voluntary prayer, banned voluntary prayer recital in schools. Okay? And that, that was found to be the case in 1962. Okay? I have an, another article here. Let's see. From... The History of Prayer Being Removed from Schools by Greg Gudorf. And it states, it states this. In 1958, Stephen Engel, a New Yorker, joined forces with other parents to sue the state over a prayer being recited in the schools. The invocation they attacked, approved by the State Board of Regents, acknowledged reliance on God and asked for blessings on all. The parents argued that requiring children to perform this recitation constituted establishment and promotion of religion by the state. While the initial case fell because children were not required to say it, the parents appealed and brought the case to the Supreme Court in Engel versus Vital. The final ruling, argued by the majority in 1962, said that the state of New York violated the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment. In a dissenting opinion, Justice Potter Stewart wrote that he failed to understand how children choosing choosing to recite a prayer established a religion. He added that requiring them not to do so went further toward violating the Establishment Clause than letting them choose. So we have a lot of things that really we could, we could look at in regards to that. But in, essentially the end state here and what we're going to be focusing on is prayer was removed from school in 1962. Okay? Voluntary prayer, mind you. So, so God, as you could see, God's being pushed out. In 1963, you have another Supreme Court ruling in Murray versus Curlet, where they banned Bible readings in schools. And there's there's many other Supreme Court cases we could cite. Uh, teachers were not allowed to have their own private Bibles at one point, and you know the the spiral just went on and on from there. And the question arises. You know, has this been, has this done what it was intended to do? Which, according to the Live Science article that we just read, the mainstream was worried that because we didn't teach evolution, that we were falling, somehow or other, falling behind Russia in, in the Cold War. 
okay? Well, I actually have something interesting here from questions from a 1962 geography test, or sorry, 1862 geography test in Chicago public schools. Okay, so this is this is where we came from back in 18 in the 1800s 1860s uh, God was very prominent you had the the second great awakening happen right about 20 years before this so United States overall overwhelming majority was Christian and this was on their geography test in 1862 in the Chicago public schools listen to this it's very interesting these are the type of questions that they would have gotten. How many degrees of longitude are there? How many degrees wide are the temperate zones? And what is a watershed? Isn't that interesting? I'm telling you right now, I can't answer those questions. How many degrees of longitude are there? I, I honestly, I don't know. I don't even remember if I was ever taught, to be honest. And I'm, I am definitely a product of public school system. And now we have to ask the question, back in the 1800s, what were the types of problems that they had in schools? You know, it's no, it's really no question that morality has sunk since the 1950s. And really, even before that, morality has sunk. Education and intelligence seem to have sunk. I don't know if any of you ever watched uh, Jay Leno and his, his jaywalking thing where he goes and he questions college students about just regular questions they should know the answer to. Many times they can't answer the question. I remember asking a, a dear, dear friend of mine, someone very close to me, uh, when he was 17 years old, I asked him who, who fought in the American Revolution. And then it took him a second. He thought about it and he said, um, the guy's in red, right? I said, yeah, yeah. He said, oh, oh yeah, the British. Yes. And I said, and why did they, why did they fight? And then he, he thought about it and he said, uh, because the British were being bad. I mean, that was the actual answer from a 17-year-old. And this is not uncommon. This is not uncommon. You know, no, how about no taxation without representation? Uh, Lexington and Concord, where they tried to confiscate their weapons. Uh, you know, quartering troops. All the different issues that were at the American Revolution, that surrounded the American Revolution, and the reason why the, those points that were listed in the Declaration of Independence were made uh, was because of all those things. But we don't know those things anymore. But I'll tell you what this person did know. This person did know um, about racism. This person knew about how to be offended. This person knew about homophobism. And all these political correct trigger words and etc. Things like this. This is what they knew about. But they didn't know history. And, and, and that's the issue here that's the issue is that this move towards 
removing God from the schools, this move towards removing biblical principles from the schools has actually led to a, a lower, more unintelligent, ironically, more unintelligent. What is the, what is the great banner of, of many of the militant atheists out there? I've seen it so many times, the, the poster where it says, you pray for me and I'll think for you. Well, the 1862 questions, <laughs> they sort of show that that's somewhat of a farce, isn't it? And the Bible actually says in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So, according to the Bible, and history sort of attests to this, that true knowledge, true wisdom, comes from being grounded in biblical principles. You see, these 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 people who are, I mean, you can, you can make the argument there were deists and everything else. Of course there were. Of course there were deists. But the, but the majority of the founding fathers and the majority of Christians in the United States during the time of the revolution, especially, they were overwhelmingly Protestant. Protestant Christians, Bible believers, you know, those, those who, basically the, the fruits of the labors of the reformers who had died to put the Bible in the common people's hands, this was the generation that created the United States. They weren't idiots. They were very intelligent, actually. They, were, they, worked, they worked hard. <laughs> they knew their rights which came from God. And how did they know those rights? Well, I just said it. Because the Bible had explained to them their rights. I mean, if you just, for instance, you just look at the Ten Commandments, folks. Just look at the Ten Commandments. When it says, thou shalt not steal, that obviously implies that other people, including yourself, can own property. Right? I mean, one of, the, one of the very socialist belief systems that's out there right now is, is no property. Everybody, or everybody has a right to property, which means no one really owns anything. Or the state must own. The state needs to take control, redistribute the wealth, which, which really just means they're just going to take over. And the, no one's going to have any property except then. And, and in a way, you can't be free if you don't own anything. Because if you don't own anything, nothing's yours. So you constantly have to ask permission. So just on that principle alone, and that's just one example. That's just one example. Thou shalt not steal. The, the, the other side of that coin is you can own property. And that's one of the tenets of the American Revolution was something they used to say, life, liberty, and property. In fact, no taxation without representation. One of the, the huge tenets, again, 
of the American Revolution, the belief system was, and it was carried out, that you could own your own property in the colonies, in the United States, and that no one could take it from you. There was no, there was no property taxes in the original foundation, founding of this country. Many of the founding fathers would have been against it. Okay. All right. So I want to play for you guys a quote of just to look at what are th things that are going on today. And this is, this is called, this is from Zach Shearman on YouTube. Uh, college students answer citizenship test questions. Now, I'm not picking low-bearing fruit here. These are individuals that are college. This is higher education. Okay, these are people that should know. These are people that are not supposed to be ignorant. Okay, these are people that should know these things and should be really reaching much higher. And again, this, this type of video really should, you got to remember, these, these individuals, these, these are the future of the United States. These are going to be the decision makers, the lawmakers, the judges, etc. of the United States. So while sometimes you look at this stuff and, and it's very, it can be very funny, it can also be very scary. So without further ado, I'm going to play this quote for you. Today, we're wondering how many college students could answer a few basic questions from the U.S. citizenship tests. So let's go see what we can find out. Do you know who the United States declared its independence from? Oh man, one of these things. I don't know, can you give me a hint? Like, Britain? Yeah, she's confident. Yeah, Britain. Britain. Um, Great Britain. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, America. but like Native Americans. From Great Britain. Do you know what yeah. year? 18 something. Seven. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? I know. Uh, is it is it in the 1800s? Not in the 1800s. 1785. 1776. Okay, shoot. Do you know what year that we declared our independence? 1776! There it is. Alright. Okay. Do you know who wrote the Declaration of Independence? Uh, there was multiple people. Yeah. The multiple people that edited it. Okay. Who wrote it? Oh, was it Roosevelt? Yeah. No. Um, John Hancock, I think, was one of them. John Hancock. No. I was just throwing out names now. Um, Thomas Jefferson. Who wrote it? Yeah. Um, is that Jefferson? Was Jefferson. Uh, do you know who we fought then in the War of 1812? No. <laughs> See, these are like hard questions. Like... Um, I want to say Spain. Was it, was it the Civil War? <laughs> no, it was the War of 1812. It was, um... It was in 1812. It, it was in 18. I don't know who it was. Uh, do you know who we fought in the War of 1812? Uh, French. Um, that was France, or was it ourselves? Is that the Civil War? It was not the Civil War. It was so, called the War of 1812. Uh, uh, War of 1812 fought against China. I used to know in history class in high school. Hmm. 18, uh, was it France? I should have reviewed this. Was that <laughs> France? Oh, 
have no idea. Ooh! Was it Spain? No. More of 1812. Happened in 1812. Um, um, is it in a European country? No. Oh. The War of 1812 was the last war that was fought on U.S. soil. Mexico? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember! Pass. It was Great Britain. We fought Great Britain twice. Hey. Tell me how many Supreme Court justices we have. Thirteen. We have nine total. I don't know if we have that many right now, but I know we usually have nine. Eleven? In the Supreme Court? There are nine Supreme Court justices. We have four Supreme Court justices. Ten? Um, no. Should I guess? Go for it if you want. That's a lot. I think there's like... It's a definitely double digits, right? Folks, this is scary stuff. These are college students. They, they, these are college students. Again, the, the future of the United States. They don't know what year, many of them, they don't know what year or reasons why the American Revolution happened. And it's not for no reason. America is being systematically dumbed down. And it's through things like socialism, communism, which all of these schools understand. I mean, just look at the, after the Trump election, for instance, all the rioting, they don't even know why they're these are people that run around talk about peace and love and then they'll riot and destroy buildings and and loot and all sort of things all sorts of things i mean it's just it, it's it's political insanity is what we're really seeing um in the colleges today we're seeing people that really are for lack of better words they're entitled they're entitled and they have a spirit of entitlement. And when you have a spirit of entitlement, you become, you really become implacable. Uh, and no matter what is given or what perks are given, it's just individuals have been taught to, to hate our history. They don't know our history. And these are going to be the leaders. These are going to be the leaders. This, this is gonna, these are the folks that are going to be stepping into the driver's seat. And remember, these are questions that if somebody from another country were to come here and try to become a citizen, they would have to know these, these answers in order to become a citizen of the United States. So there's no reason that somebody who's at the collegiate level wouldn't know. So how is it happening and why is it happening? Well... Though it's, it's not a very well-known fact of history today, it is a fact of history, a fact. Um, there was something called in the 1950s, again, we're going back to the 1950s, called the Reese Committee. The Reese Committee was an investigation into the tax-exempt foundations um, and I have a quote here uh, from a few different pages from a book called En Route to Global Occupation by Gary H. Ka. Now, this some people might say, you know, this that's a conspiracy theory or whatever. But the Reese Committee itself, you can look at the congressional records yourself. All of this stuff 
has been proven fact. Uh, there's the Norman Dodd report where he talks about this stuff also. So without further ado, I'm going to read from pages 16. I'm going to read from page uh, 20 and 21 from En Route to Global Occupation by Gary H. Ka. It states this. During the 1950s, Congressman Carol Reese of Tennessee had what became known as the Reese Committee, which conducted a thorough investigation of major tax-exempt foundation linked to the international money cartel. The investigation centered on those foundations and trusts controlled by the Rockefellers, Fords, and Carnegies, as well as the Guggenheim Foundations. The findings regarding the wealth and power of these institutions were so overwhelming that many in Congress found the information difficult to believe. Okay. And then over here, it says the Reese Committee discovered, this is what they discovered now. Quote, the Reese Committee discovered the greatest influence of the Rockefeller Carnegie Ford Foundations to be in the areas of social science, public education, and international affairs via contributions of huge sums of money to secondary or intermediary foundations, which then selected the ultimate recipients of grant money and research funds. So they controlled the research, okay? They controlled public education and social sciences, okay? Social sciences, science in general, that, that, that would include evolution, that would include psychology, that would include anything that could be considered a pseudoscience. Okay, they, they controlled the research funds for it. In other words, they gave the funds for those conducting research on these things. Okay? So they're, they're really controlling the education. This is what the Reese Committee found. And you can look this up yourself in the congressional records. This is what the Reese Committee found. And it, it got really no, um, no media attention at the time. Going on with the quote, it says, uh, quote, Reese Committee and its legal counsel, Reen Wormser, were the National Education Association, the John Dewey Society, the United Nations Association, and the Council on Foreign Relations. Those were the secondary foundations that were investigated. Um... The Reese Committee found that the National Education Association and numerous other education organizations was producing and promoting curricula that advocated socialism and globalism to the intent of preparing students for a one world society. And one of those investigators, Reen Wormser, or Renee Wormser, I'm sorry, Renee Wormser, he wrote a book uh, entitled foundations their power and influence and on page 32 and i'm sorry on page 201 it states this what what they found in the reese reese committee this has been affected through the pressure this is again this is from his book foundations This has been affected through the pressure of public opinion 
mobilized by the instruments of the foundations through the promotion of foundation favorites as teachers and experts in foreign affairs, through a domination of learned journals and international affairs, through the frequent appointment of State Department officials to foundation jobs, and through the frequent appointment of foundation officials to State Department jobs. So they were controlling both the political and the education uh, realms of this of society of the American society and they found that this began in the 1920s the 1920s so it, it was a you know a phase one phase two really mobilization against against education in the United States or or their preferred education and what is their preferred ed education well we're seeing it today we have an edge we have a an education system of which I was a part that teaches less and less and less of the important facts of American history and more and more and more about really socialism and globalism and why because that's where they want to lead society and obviously God was in the way of that. God was in the way of that. And we haven't even gone into some of the apologetic side of it, but just looking at this, just looking at history, where student, college-level students are today and where they were in the past, fourth graders even, in the United States, we can see a clear decline. We can see a clear decline. And why is that? Why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I think it is. I think it is because the United States historically has been a well-educated, God-fearing, gun-toting people. Okay? That's what they were. And that is very, very antagonistic to a government which is seeking to take full control of the people. So what do you have to do? Well, first you have to remove God. You have to remove God because God is the spiritual protection around which the people's other protections come into play. You see, as we stated in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. You see, when you, when you are in submission to God, you become a well-educated individual, an, an informed individual, an informed people, an informed citizen. And having the right to bear arms, you are a protected citizenship against evil governments. Okay, if an evil government wants to take over, of course... They're going to have trouble with any, any group of people which are military armed. If they're armed, that's going to be a problem. Now, it's going to be also a problem if they try to pass laws that are subversive to the Constitution if the people are informed. So if the people are not informed, then they can do those things. But they can't do either one of those things 
so long as the people are protected spiritually by God. So first things first. And obviously they couldn't get to that right away. And the 1920s took about, what, 38 years. About 38 years. And then they removed God from public schools. And the rest will eventually fall like dominoes. As we can see, uh, the mental armament <laughs> of society today is extremely weak. And the physical disarmament is surely to follow. We see a government that is more and more... How many lies do you see in the news today? And they're the ones that will turn around and say people like me are promoting misinformation. Well, Vladimir Lenin said, accuse your enemy of the thing which you are doing. That's one of the tenets of socialism, communism. So isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting where we've gone since we've removed God from our public schools and since evolution has been taught in its wake? Now we have a, a society, a society that is, is poised to take the driver's seat of this country my generation and they don't know their history and they are leaning strong towards socialism communism what's going to happen i've said in private to other people and i will say this to you i think that the united states it's on its way towards a clash which at this point is completely inevitable. It, it's, there's, we're past the point of no return. We're essentially just waiting for it to happen. Uh, individuals on both sides, the left and the right, will admit that, that society is, has been polarized, especially in the last 10 years, really, to where we are, we are at the brink of a civil war and what's going to happen? Well, we'll have to stay tuned and find out. But one thing I want to leave you with, uh, brethren, is that remember in Ezekiel, the first chapter, where he looks and he sees all this chaos and confusion with the seraphims. And he finds that there is a wheel within the wheel. We can know, folks, that God has allowed this to happen. He's allowed this to happen. And the answer, if there is any answer at all, if there is any cure at all, it is when people begin to pray and begin to repent of their sins and turn back towards God. And then the other things will work themselves out. As Patrick Henry, one of the founding fathers, stated, he said, and I'm sort of paraphrasing him here, but he said that when a people forget their God, tyrants forge their chains. And that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing a strong, big government being formed. Every, whether, you, whether you're conspiracy theorists or not, or whether you are, uh, you know, just a, I take history as, as, it, as it comes straight out of, from the mainstream media or not, regardless, you, you have to admit 
you have to admit, after the Oklahoma City bombing, we lost freedoms. We lost civil liberties. After September 11th, whether you, again, whether you believe it was an inside job or not, we lost civil liberties. During the coronavirus, we lost civil liberties. Folks, what excuse? <laughs> How many years has people have people come out with this thing and that thing and shown, hey, this person's corrupt, that person's corrupt, and yet we still, as a people, won't wake up? What excuse will we have? What excuse will we have when, when America comes crumbling down in front of our eyes? We'll have none. People have been talking about this for over 100 years. Over 100 years. Conspiracies against the United States. Different things that have been proven. Different things that Congress has looked into. Whether it was communism itself. The Truman Doctrine. The Monroe Doctrine. Um, the Jesuits. Other th many other things we could cite. What excuse will we as a people have as to not knowing what's going on? We'll have none. So, folks, that's going to do it for our show. I'm Cody Mori, and you've been listening to Truth Triumphant Radio.